Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening guys, and without further ado, let's begin. So when I was young, I was super into the paranormal and would read as many true life accounts as I could. Nowadays, the X-Files and the odd horror film are as involved as I get, but I would still love to believe these things happen. I also really love science though, so I struggle to accept these things exist. That being said, this is definitely the craziest thing that has ever happened to me and I've never had anything like it before or since. It might have just been a night terror, but anyway, here's what happened. A few years ago, I'd been ill for a couple of days. I literally never get sick, and it was a running joke at work that I'd never taken any sick days. I'd been feeling a bit grotty though, and had a, a fever, so was finally off work for a day or two. Anyway... The night in question, I remember being woken up because my bed was going up and down like a seesaw. I was super disorientated about what was actually happening, but it also seemed like the bed was in the air for this to be happening. But quite aggressively, there was a a definite seesaw motion. That I remember. There was also a kind of whooshing or a rushing sound, and the best way to describe it, that I can think of anyway, is the white noise equivalent of light if that makes sense. It was basically a total sensory overload. I was lying on my back trying to figure out what was going on, and my left arm was at a 90 degree angle to my side, stuck rigid against the bed. I remember looking at it and thinking, oh no, I can't move. It was almost anchoring me to the bed as all this was going on. And suddenly, my back goes rigid and 
I slowly sit up to a seated position in a perfect sit-up motion. Except I can't do sit-ups like this. There's no way that I have the actual physical capability or core strength for that moment in the way that it just happened. At the same time, my head is tilted right back and my jaw is locked open in like a silent scream. I don't remember being scared because the whole thing was just really disorientating. I was pretty exhausted in general from being unwell, so fear seemed to require too much energy. But I remember the head tilt and the jaw lock and really stretching my physical capabilities in these moments. Then, as suddenly as it had began, it all goes silent and dark, the bed stops and I just flop back down. But just for a moment. Because then, the bed and the noise and the light all start again. Except this time, both my arms are stuck to the bed, so I'm lying in a sort of cross position. I remember thinking very vividly that if I can get my arms free, the whole thing will stop. This was like the only moment of clarity in the entire experience, along with the less defined knowledge of something very bad causing this. I don't know what it was, of course, but all I could think was that, or maybe feel is the better word, is that this thing was very bad. There was also a less defined knowledge of a good force being around and freeing my arms was what I had to do to win this battle, as it were. Eventually, I managed to yank my arms free of being stuck and at that moment, everything stops. And then I have a very brief moment of being a bit worried or panicked before I literally pass out and I guess go back to sleep. Now, I've had dreams and nightmares lots of times, but I've never had anything like this happen before or since then. It was an entirely different experience, and I thought maybe a hallucination or my fever breaking, but it was just some next-level crazy, that's for sure. I also don't know if a fever breaking or a hallucination can do something like this. I'm inclined to believe that it was just a hallucination or a hyper-realistic dream, but I wasn't that ill and I've definitely been a lot sicker without the bizarre experience. Anyway, who knows what it was. Maybe it was just a night terror, though terror wasn't really a prominent feeling. Maybe it was a visit from an unfriendly something or other. Maybe it was aliens. I don't know, but I would like to hear what you guys think. I was 15 when this happened. I was laying in bed watching TV. I had the house to myself as mum had went to get groceries or something. When the credits to the show that I was watching came on, I saw in the reflection of the black screen someone standing by my doorway. The moment that I saw this figure, I froze. I was completely paralyzed with fear to the point that my head started heating up. I felt like I was about to faint to be honest. But somehow I racked up the nerve to turn my head and see if someone was actually there. And to my relief, there was nobody. I guess I must have just been seeing things. Or so I thought. I went back to watching TV when minutes later I received a text from my neighbor letting me know that Charlie, my dog, was out on the street. My neighbor is really old and has poor eyesight, so... I assumed that he was mistaking Charlie for another dog. 
Nevertheless, I looked around to confirm that Charlie was indeed missing. After calling his name and receiving no response, I stood up and headed downstairs towards the living room, as Charlie likes to rest there, and on my way I noticed the front door was open. When I saw this, I instantly got chills. It was at this moment that I realized that the figure that I'd seen earlier wasn't just me seeing things. I immediately proceeded to walk out the door, but as I proceeded, the sound of footsteps running down the stairs could be heard from my position. I bolted out of there as fast as I could, and I ran straight to my neighbor's house. I told him what had happened, to which he responded by calling the police. The police came to my house, and they inspected the place. They couldn't find anyone, except for a switchblade that the intruder must have dropped as he bolted out of the house upon hearing the sirens of police cars about a mile away, I think. I think back to this day quite often, and I often think that if it wasn't for my neighbor's text, I'm sure that I would have made the headlines that evening. I was around five to seven years old when this happened. I lived with my mum and my two sisters. I would see my dad on Wednesdays and Saturdays. We lived in a three-bedroom, one-bath house next to a funeral home. I used to share a room with one of my sisters, and when I'd wake up in the middle of the night, I would always run into my mum's room and sleep with her because I was scared. So, I come home one night from my dad's house... After a short while of being home, probably 20 to 30 minutes, I decide that I'm going to act like I'm sleeping in my bed, and when my mum comes to check on me, I'm going to scare her. So I crawled into my bed, and for some reason, I just immediately passed out. I woke up at around 1.30 in the morning, I think. I ran to my mum's room, as I always did out of fear. I don't know why I was always scared in this house at night, but it was every night got in her room and for some reason she's not in there. I check the living room and she's not in there either. I then realize that she probably went to stay the night at her boyfriend's I think. I immediately booked it right back into my room though and I jumped into my bed. A few minutes pass and now I'm even more scared because I remembered that my sister who I shared a room with isn't here either because she stayed the night at her friend's house. After probably five minutes, I think, I start to hear pots and pans banging in the kitchen. When I heard this, I went under the blankets right away. This goes on for another ten minutes, and the whole time it's happening, I'm pinching and punching myself because I was convinced that I was dreaming, which I soon found out that I wasn't. A few minutes after, the continuous noise stopped. I came out from under the blankets, and in the hallway... Directly across from my bed, there's a man hanging there in my sister's room. I can see his head, but I can't really see the rest of his body. I think he's wearing a blue tucked-in dress shirt, black dress pants maybe, and black dress shoes, I think. Right after I saw that, though, I think I was just kind of scared into pure terror, and I went back under my blankets, and eventually I passed out again. I told my mom and my sister about it the next day and they were really freaked out. 
We moved out approximately maybe six months later into my mum's boyfriend's house. Now that I'm 18, turning 19 soon, when I think back on when this happened, I think that there was something from the funeral home, considering how it was dressed. It's weird though because my friend's grandma lives in that house now and they haven't experienced anything. All I know is that that memory, it's going to stick with me for as long as I live. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. So I was in sophomore in high school when this happened, and I haven't gone back. It's midsummer in New England, and my best friend, his name's Andy, and I are just hanging out. I live on conservation land, so aside from the houses at the very front, there are pretty much no other developments and woodland that spans for acres and acres. The state put down some paths, so I suggested that we go exploring one day. We geared up, I brought my pocket knife, sprayed down on bug spray, and headed out my backyard. Now, we hadn't explored too much, but I did know the area somewhat well, so we decided... To heck with the trails, but we're going to be real men and forge our own path. We enter the woods, thickly forested with pine, maple and oak trees, and make notches in the trees on the way so we can find our way back. It's around noon, so I'm not too worried about it getting dark. After all, the sun sets around 8pm in the summer, but just in case, I keep track of it. We walk deeper and deeper into the woods, about 15 minutes and the forest just seems to come alive. Bugs, frogs, birds, everything in this forest is loud. Slightly irritating, truthfully, but it's nice to take in the sights and the sounds, I suppose. But soon we stumble upon a peculiar scene. A perfect circle, probably 20 feet in diameter, that spans from the ground all the way to the sky. I'm perplexed, but Andy is curious, so we decide to go in. The first thing that I noticed though was that the overgrown weeds and the grass that surrounded us, they stopped at the perimeter. All vegetation past the line is just dead. Not bare, but just dead, crunching under our feet. I don't just mean the grass either, but the tree limbs that extended in there are also bare. Like leaves down the branch until it crosses this line and then they're just dead. Being the middle of summer, nothing should be dead and 
I've never seen a branch behave like that, to be honest. It was at this point, too, that I'm beginning to feel an extreme unease. I turn to Andy and ask him if he feels uneasy, and he says that he feels like we're being watched. I agree. And it's then that we notice the strangest sense that I've ever felt. The entire forest immediately goes silent. Not in rest, but in what feels like maybe suspense? Whatever the case, I'm feeling extremely uneasy now and I know that we need to leave. We run out of there following our tree marks and when we get back to my house, the forest is back alive. Ever since then too, every summer, every winter, a snarl of branches, sometimes leafed and sometimes not, sort of reveals a path through the forest there. I swear too that whatever was watching us from that circle that day, it continues to watch that path around that time of year. Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. My buddy B and I have been fox and coyote calling for some time now. If you're familiar with it, you place a sort of wiggly fake critter somewhere, play some distress calls or mating out loud, and when the time is right, you take a shot. It sometimes happens quick, it sometimes happens within 10 minutes, anything longer and you move on to the next area. So this night, however, we came across something that, well, it scared me half to death and we've avoided that area since. We were set up, jump in the back of a pickup truck and start calling. We already got one grey fox each at this time and we're hankering for another. Only this time, the wood is really quiet. I remember my buddy mentioning how creepy it was as we set up. After about 10 minutes, we turn the caller down and listen, looking around. There was nothing. He turns the caller up slightly and out of nowhere, we hear the most primal screech or call or sort of cackle that I've ever heard. It was like one of those bird calls from the jungle, but it's really hard to explain. In any case, we freeze. I can see in my peripheral my buddy's eyes wide open, eyes darting back and forth. Because like me, I thought it came from behind and above us. But the primal fear my body felt wouldn't allow me to turn around. B turns down the caller. The fake critter is still spinning and flopping around. We're basically looking at each other in our peripheral vision to see if the other heard it. And then, 
there were these two huge whooshes, what sounded like heavy wing flaps. A couple of branches above us rustle and snap. We both turn a 180, aim our rifles at the same spot in the tree above us. We have red light spots, lights on our rifles and headlamps too, only to see the branches slowly stop moving and a broken one swinging. Then there was a thump or a crash. We both turn another 180, rifles fixed on the area they were before. Only instead of a fake floppy critter, we see this massive... All I really made out, to be honest, were... Well, they were wings. A huge, leathery reptile thing. They were sort of like huge, wide bat wings. I'm still not sure, but... We turned around just in the time to see this thing jump off the ground, flap its wings to gain altitude, and it was gone in a flash. And to be honest, all I can really picture is something like Batman from, well, the animated series. B and I sat there, rifles aimed, staring straight ahead, wide-eyed, breathing heavily, not sure what just happened or what we saw. But 30 seconds later, about 100 yards ahead of us, our fake floppity critter drops from the sky, landing on the side of the road. It was mauled, mangled and crushed, and with a final sort of screech off in the distance, it was over. We wait about another 30 minutes and retrieve the caller, and then we just skedaddle right out of there. To this day, we've convinced each other that what we saw was some sort of a ginormous owl, even if we joke about seeing something like pterodactyly, there's still a serious minute where we basically tell ourselves to just shut up. It must have been an owl. And we actually took a break from calling for a bit. So, years later, still hunting, trapping and calling, I now carry a harpoon gun with me every time and any time I enter my local woods. Whatever that thing was... It owes me a fake floppy critter and, in turn, I hope to hunt it and put it in my trophy case. So I was just driving home from a morning shift and was about a kilometre out from home when this guy stepped onto the road in front of me, waving his arms and shouting, Stop! Please stop! I slammed on the brakes to avoid hitting him, and he ran to my window. I've had similar things happen before when people need help after an accident, and I assumed that that's what this was. I ran down the window, and this guy said, Please, please help me. I'm being attacked. Please get me out of here. And I, being the credulous soft touch that I am, said, Sure, mate, get in. Now, I spend a lot of time in my car and my front passenger seat is basically my office and covered in just everything. So, not thinking, I told him to get into the back. This was lucky. So, this stranger is now in my back seat and I said, can I take you to the police station? What can I do? And he said, yeah, a police station please. So, I pull a U-turn and head to our nearest cop shop. Luckily, it's only about six kilometers away. At this point, I still think this guy has been legitimately mugged or something, and I ask what's going on. There's people after me. There's one there hiding in the bushes, and another one there on that side of the road, up in the tree. There's obviously no one there, and either the bushes or the tree. 
And I think to myself, oh no, I've picked up a person in the middle of a psychotic break with gang-stalking delusions. Okay, mate, well, let's get you to the police station and get you sorted, alright? I say, trying to sound reassuring and calming. And he seems responsive and says, thank you so much. Police station's just out on the main road, only takes us a minute to get there. And man, I have never wanted a cop car to appear in my rearview mirror so much in all my life. But only two kilometers to go now. We drive in silence for a minute when he suddenly turns his head on his side, looks at me, and says in this super deep growl, You're not taking me to the police station, are you? Yeah, mate, I say. Sure I am. We're almost there. Just hang on, alright? You're one of them, aren't you? This was your plan, wasn't it? I'm getting chased and you just happened to show up at just the right second? Where are you taking me? Let me out. He starts thrashing around in the back seat, pounding the cushions with his fists and flailing wildly. And just then, we come around a curve. And there is the police station. No, mate. Look, there's the police station there. We're turning in right now, okay? And we did. And he calmed down. He said thank you and ran inside as soon as I parked. I gave him a few minutes to tell his story to the cops, then went inside and told the desk sergeant what happened, just for context. I don't know exactly what was going on with this guy, but man, I'm so glad that I was close enough to that police station to get there in time. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So before I begin, this guy has been fired and this whole story took place months and months ago. So I was hired to work at this auto shop as the front desk receptionist. My guy friend had worked there and had gotten me the job. I checked customers in, checked them out, answered phones, answered voices, blah blah blah. Now, at this time I got hired, I was freshly 15. I do act mature for my age and all that stuff, but I was still technically a kid. I was also the only girl working there. Now, my two managers, their names are Peter and Alvin. Peter was my main boss and he had a dry sense of humor, but he was cool to be around. Alvin was more openly humorous and he was pretty pleasant in general, I suppose. And then there was this third guy. His name was Chester and he was 40 with a girlfriend as well as a 13-year-old daughter. 
He was very uh, exuberant, very loud. He was quite funny. He was a bit annoying too, but this isn't the right place to talk about that. Anyway, it started off decent enough. He would tease me like a boy on the playground, like pull my hair, poke me, stuff like that. I laid my rules down when I first worked there. I hate being touched. And that was that. Now, Chester would get close to me as he humanly possibly could and say things like, I'm not touching you and laugh. It was annoying, but I just laughed it off, although I did feel uncomfortable. And then he started with the kind of sexual jokes. When we were alone up front, he would talk about things. My brain was automatically like, this ain't right. And I just kind of put on my customer face voice whenever I was around him. But then one day, I baked the whole garage cookies. When I dropped them off, he came really close to me and sort of sniffed me. He said, you smell good and your hair looks nice this way. I was like, what? Did he just like do that? When I went back to work, he was going on and on about the cookies I made. He said, I know cookie is another term for something inappropriate, but I really like your cookies. Why even add that, right? Anyway, now is my breaking point. He had started brushing his fingers against my leg when I'm sitting down, or just trying to flirt with me in general. When I came into work one day, he grabbed me into a hug and my mind just sort of blanked. He grabbed me, like grabbed me into a hug so I couldn't escape. Eventually, I pushed him back away from me. Alvin had rounded the corner and had seen what had happened, and he looked a little bit uneasy. I went around the other side of the counter, away from Chester, and I said, I don't like being touched, dude. Don't hug me. And he said, well, touch is how I show my affection. So, not only did he ignore my attempt to tell him to stop, he also admitted to literally giving affection to a 15-year-old. I later heard from my friend that works in the garage that said Chester talked about the way that I looked and how I look older than I am but that he doesn't want to start anything because his daughter was like two years younger. Start what though? Chester was ugly and I mean he was old. Anyway, Alvin had seen him grab me. The dudes in the garage heard him talk about me and I knew this dude was... Well, creepy to say the least. A guy in the garage, his name was Steve, pulled Alvin aside and told him that he was worried for me. He told him what Chester has been saying and how he looks to be flirting with me. Before this point, Alvin had thought that he had been too overprotective because he had daughters himself and maybe he was just having his father instinct or something. But when Steve told him that, it basically confirmed all of his suspicions. Chester was super gross and potentially evil. I ended up speaking to Alvin near the end of the day asking to stay after to talk to him about something. We stayed after and I opened up to him about everything Chester had been doing. Alvin said that what I do is more important than the work that he does. After that I went home and felt nice that my boss cared for me like a human and not just an employee. Peter, my boss, texted me to tell that everything's going to be okay and that he will be handled. I ended up meeting with Peter's dad, who was the big boss, to tell him everything. 
It was very much a, we've known Chester for a long time, etc, etc, but Big Boss is a good man. He trusted my word more. I told him everything and he actually had camera recordings of Chester grabbing me too. And after that, Chester was fired. I think the most traumatic thing to me though was how Chester talked about me in the garage like some kind of a, an object. It was honestly disgusting and then going back to the fact that he's 40 and I'm just two years older than his daughter, man, it was disturbing. I'm sure that if I wasn't such a confident person that he would have taken advantage of me. He was very much acting like a predator and I'm really glad that he's no longer a part of that establishment. Anyway, I guess the moral of the story is, guys, teach your daughters to speak up when people make her uncomfortable. Even the little things like weird jokes turn into something bigger sometimes. That's how it was for me anyways. Always enforce your boundaries and never ever let a guy get away with being a creep. When I was nine, my parents bought a derelict or abandoned farm deep in the woods of Sweden. This wasn't the first time my parents had done this either. My parents had just sold the first farm after they made the farm livable. And I must admit that I was sad to part with it, but I did look forward to a whole new world of adventure and discoveries on the new one. Nothing spooky ever really happened on the first farm. I was never really scared of the old house or the woods around it. I could be alone for hours in the woods, in fact, just playing and making dens for picnics with my imaginary adventure team and all that sort of stuff. But something changed, though, when we bought the second farm. The first couple of times we came to paint and build on the house, nothing ever happened. I was just exploring the different buildings in the woods around us. And this farm had like four buildings, the main house, a garage, a stable, and we never found out where the fourth building was. It was badly damaged after it had been burned down or something. But at the time, I was really into horses, and I was always in the stables. And I think that we had owned the house for about a year when the first thing happened. So I was playing in the stable, just with some hay, when I suddenly felt like someone had their hands around my neck and squeezed... I couldn't breathe and I instantly ran out of the stable and as soon as I saw my mum I could breathe again but I was coughing and wheezing and I just couldn't stop. I tried to explain what was happening but my throat hurt so much that I just kept coughing. My mum rushed me inside the house and got me some water. I was still coughing and gasping after 15 minutes so my mum decided to drive me to the hospital while my dad stayed with my brothers. I eventually stopped coughing, of course, and nobody could really understand what happened. Just for your information, too, before the next part. Up until I was 14, I never had any allergies, and I had my first asthma attack when I was like 13. The reason I mention this is because the next episode was written off as just an asthma attack. Looking back and now knowing what an actual asthma attack felt like, I just call bullcrap on this one. But anyway... After that whole thing, I stopped playing in the stable and I opted for playing in the woods with my brothers. And the next thing that happened was when I was about 11. I had woken up in the middle of the night to hear somebody walking around. I stood up from my bed and walked past my parents who were sleeping in the same room. I went to the kitchen and I saw a black figure just standing in the middle of the kitchen. Had I not looked closely, I probably would have just walked by it thinking that it was my dad but 
I sort of just froze because something came over me and I turned around and walked straight back to my bed. I couldn't sleep though and to be honest I felt like somebody was staring at me all night. I told my parents the next day that I saw a man in the kitchen but they told me that I was probably just dreaming. I probably was dreaming but after seeing that figure I always felt like I just wasn't welcome and always felt eyes on me at all times. One occurrence though left me just terrified of this house and I begged my parents to leave me with my grandparents whenever they went to the farm after this. So one day I was just on my computer chatting with some online friends and playing a game. My parents wanted to go grocery shopping and asked if I wanted to come too. I declined being really into my game at the time and they asked me if I was sure but I nodded and they left me with my brothers and immediately I regretted not going as soon as that door slammed shut because a feeling of just terror overcame me. I was scanning the whole room that I was in, scared to find something that I shouldn't have. The car had already pulled onto the dirt road and out of sight by now. The sound of the car drifted away and I was left in terror and just in silence. The silence somehow grew louder and louder until it was deafening and all of a sudden I felt a pop in my ears. I was shaking and my teeth were chattering, I was so scared. But then I heard a tap and then another one and another one. The taps were in a predictable rhythm and I knew it was at least two hours until my family came home since the grocery store was miles away and I had to endure it but something sent me running out of the house because in the doorway to the kitchen I saw a figure sort of stalking towards me. This time I knew that it wasn't a dream too. My lungs felt like they were being crushed and I began getting an instant headache. I stared at the figure for a good five seconds then in pure shock I sprinted out of the back door and towards the dirt road. I was thankful that I was still wearing my flip-flops after eating breakfast outside and I ran up the dirt road aiming to get help from the neighbors who lived about a 20-minute walk away. I didn't expect to see our car come down the road but I walked to the side of the road and my parents hopped out and asked what happened. I burst out crying and so they put me in the car. I refused to go inside the house again but my parents thought that I just made it all up and they told me that I was paranoid. I stand by what I saw, and years later, I still hate that farm. I've only visited once since after that, but never again, because whatever is on that farm specifically hates me. I just have one thing, though, that has been bothering me a lot. How long was I frozen in place? Because, like I said, it takes hours for us to go grocery shopping, and it felt like what happened was in the span of maybe five or ten minutes. To be honest though, I, I don't even know if I want to know. I'm just happy that I don't ever have to go back there again. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. 
If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.